Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various aspects of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, take two. I'm Robert Kane, take two. I'm Rick Gromlich. <laughs> we messed uh, it up welcome. last time. I totally messed up the intro. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I'm second take, I'm not as good, but this is what it is. None so. of us are. <laughs> but hey, we are back in Joel chapter two, verses 12 through 17, where we can talk about repentance, what that looks like, and what we are seeing here with God interacting with his children. Want to take that call, Rob? No, I'm not going to take it yet. You keep going. <laughs> Listen, so we also talk about all that stuff is good. We also talk about Robin Williams. Rob shares with me something that went viral about Robin Williams. We check it out. It's interesting. So, tune in. How's it going, Rob? It's going all right, man. Doing all right this morning. Got some Good. Crimson Cup cold brew. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Can you Is hear there that? Crimson Cup over by you? They're not in Westville. There's one in Worthington. Oh, is that where There's one in Easton as well. But yeah, is it the one in Worthington? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Good. Yeah, yeah. So things are going all right, man. Feeling pretty good. And Chipper came into the studio this morning humming a song, singing something about. Bottom in the chicken. Some... Yeah. <laughs> That song was yeah. on here at uh, where I'm recording, where the studio is, the church office, and the um, song was playing over. It's a co-working space, mm. so it's not like we choose the music that's over it. But yeah, that song was on, and it's now it's stuck in my head. Well, good, man. Yeah. Well, Rob, change it up for a second here. Oh, okay. Give the listeners a peek into your life. What What do you got going on today, Rob? What's your day oh, like? Oh, man, I don't What's know. Your, I, so I met, with, I met with Ben this morning. Um, we had an elder meeting, so that Shout was good. Shout out to you, Ben. Shout out to Ben. Pretty sure he doesn't listen, but he's probably better okay. for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Your relationship is better for it. <laughs> yeah. We uh, had an elder meeting that went really well. And right before I got on the phone with you, I was on the phone with this guy at our, in our congregation named David. He's going to help me lead community group tonight and just giving him some pointers as to how to ask questions and how to write questions. And um, that was really how to facilitate the discussion. That was a good conversation. I cannot say enough tremendous things about David Fairhurst. This guy is the man. So encouraging. Um, Lord, he's growing a lot. He he knows he knows the word well. Dude is reading like crazy. We have a church library, and he's just like working his way through all these books and talking to me about them. Love this dude. So he's going to help lead community group tonight. And now I am talking with you about oh, Joel. That's good. That's two versus... 12 through 17, or 13 through 17, which one is it? 12 through 17. 12 through 17, yeah. yeah I'm really ready. I'm good. This I'm is good. Fast. This is good, Rob. We're good. So you're going to do some do some awesome podcasting here, produce Radio Gold, mm. do that for a few minutes, and then... Then I have it, work. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. That's it. I've, Rob I've, has a full-time job. That's right. Manpower yes. duty calls, so I've got to take care of uh, my responsibilities at Manpower. And then um, later we'll have, Lord willing, we'll have community group. And yeah, do. excited for that. So yeah, that's speaking yeah. of my life, man. What about you? What's going on with you? I like it. Well, um, I'm going to recap the morning. Um, got up this morning, which is praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. Um, for went out granted. to my, my parents' place and just took care of their chores. You've already been out there this morning. Stuff. Yeah. What yeah. time did you get up? 
uh, I get up. Uh, so I'm usually an earlier riser, not an early riser. I'm like one of those guys who cranks up early. But so I you're not like four a.m., but you're like five five thirty. Yeah, five thirty this morning. So okay. I got out there, got back, which is good. All good stuff. Um, had some time in the Word and did a little prep here for Joel. Saw the wife and kids this morning. Said good morning. See you guys later. And <laughs> here we are. Nice recording. So and then uh, today I have to get some work done for uh, we have our uh, members meeting this weekend so i gotta get some so do um, we man so get our we'll be voting on our budget and some membership stuff and changing our bylaws which is good love it so get doing some of that stuff and then meeting up with uh one friend of mine scott long oh yeah substance guy out of ashland yeah and um yeah, big, big hillsong guy Big, well, uh, yeah, he uh, worked for uh, Hillsong for a long time. I know. So, um, and then we're having some people over for dinner for membership interview, and uh, yeah, it's all good. That's good, great. Good, good. Praise God for that. Um, Praise speaking of Lord. early, early risers, my my dad was a four thirty guy. Like yeah. he would consistently get up at sometime between four four thirty. Like mm. you are an animal. He says just his internal clock. He's like that's just that's when I get up. Like, and wow. there's a there's a guy. It's amazing in our church who does not he has not set his alarm i think for like 14 years unreal man even if he has to get up early for a flight yeah he just tells himself what's time to wake up that's what my dad up. would always do my dad's like yeah you don't understand he, he said you can wake up when you're supposed to wake up it's like just tell yourself before you go to bed and he's like the human mind is more impressive than what you think and i'm like I don't, I, yeah. don't, I don't think the human mind is not impressive i just don't <laughs> trust myself <laughs> to wake up not my mind it's me yeah exactly <laughs> not god's creation it's how i've abused I'm god's creation fallen, dad <laughs> <laughs> but no my dad wouldn't send an alarm either yeah there you go very impressive alarmless men yeah okay hey so real quick we're already bantering for a little bit and listeners yeah. if you don't like the banter then we apologize, but there's a few more minutes coming of it. So, Rick, I sent you a link because yes. we were talking about Robin Williams, and somehow you haven't seen this Robin Williams impression, and the world like went crazy over it. I I didn't go crazy over it, but I thought it was good. And so, I want your opinion. I, I want to know what you're thinking of it. And so, I sent you this link, and you were about to watch. I said, No, no, no. Let's save it for the for recording here. Okay, we'll okay. make it a little bit bit of a bit. Make it a bit of a bit. A bit of a bit. And I, I want to see your impression. I want to hear your impression. Okay. So, okay. All right. All right. Here we go. go ahead and play it. Okay. Pulling it up on the YouTube? Yeah. And I don't know. You probably can't play it loud enough for the... I don't know how it's going to play through. Yeah. Edit some This is a commercial. Oh, so come on. The good cool. news is I can hear it through here, which means the listeners can probably hear it. So feel free to turn your volume up a little bit. Oh, great. I sent you a news clip. Come on. Should have sent you the... ET Canada. Is that what you watch? No, I just sent you the first link that came up, but keep keep going. Okay. I'm, I'm watching it. Mm. This is a clip from a movie. Starring Jamie Costa and someone else. It is pretty good. Now, right? I will say, I'm going to pause it here because it's like a 
Yeah. Clip. Yeah. I will say I have actually seen his impersonations several years ago. I think actually before Robert Williams even died. Like oh, he's been wow. doing impersonations for a long time. And um oh, I just saw you watch for 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not some real life watching the video. producing happen, happening. So <laughs> Rob sent me a message. Just watch 30 seconds of it. I watched like a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, you did good. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So I've seen his work before, and I will say I am a fan of it. Um, he's thinner. His face is thinner. Yeah. But like as far as impersonations go, like it's it's really good. Yeah. I mean, um, not to speak yeah. ill of the dead. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's. They can't hear you. So yeah, it's whatever. it's pretty difficult not to have a thinner face than Robin Williams. That guy had a big noggin, so yeah. it is. And anyone who does impersonation is probably going to be thinner. But I, I thought he did a great job. I thought it was very impressive. I wasn't like, oh yeah, that that's Robin Williams back from the dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's resurrected, right? It's not like yeah. a hologram of. Whatever. Yeah, but it's there good. is there is. I'm a, surprised you haven't seen it until this point. Yeah. Well, hey, that's because I'm off social media. That's right. You're off socials. It's good. Um, what was I going to say though? Oh, just a little side note. There is an old video of Jim Carrey doing an impression of Clint Eastwood. That is actually pretty impressive. Oh yeah, and funny. So. You know what? That's what the episode is going to be. We're just going to keep watching impressions of other people. <laughs> Let me look that up real quick. <laughs> just kidding. Do you ever do you ever like um, do not impression impressions, but like you know, certain people have like tics or things like just personality traits do you ever like mimic that or yeah not in a mocking way but no just, yeah 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 okay whether okay. it's because i um like for fun want to right to do it or because i like it i think like yeah. oh wow like i i like the way they carry themselves and i want to carry myself in a similar way and so then i yeah. end up that would happen in probably middle school or high school more often yeah. than than not or more often than now but yeah i used to do that you let the Lord carry you. Brother. Let the Lord okay. carry you. And I'm sure it happens now too. I don't want to act like I'm not influenced by other people. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure it happens now by people I look up to. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> okay, cool. So we are. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It was a good 10 minutes of banter. Listeners, thank you for your patience. You're tremendous. But we are in Joel. Uh, we're in chapter two, verses 12 through 17. Rick, do you want me to read that or you want to read it? Go for it. All right. Know. Joel chapter two, verses 12 through 17. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations." Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Yeah, Robert. Thank you. Way to go. Thank you. Yeah, so we see, we covered, um, actually two weeks ago, because we were off last week, um, due to some family situations on my end, Rob was ready to roll. We actually were getting ready to record. I was like, Rob, I can't can't do this. Yeah, so so the way you said it, it it makes it sound more serious than what it was. We got on, and we were getting ready to record, and it sounded like it was Will in the background, 
who was having a little bit of a tantrum. Yes. Yes. Which, yeah, Will was just, having a, a bit of an issue. Just to be clear, that was encouraging for me to hear because it makes me know, hey, like we're not the only ones dealing with this. I know you guys deal with it, but I don't always see it. And so to see it was encouraging for me. So you're welcome for that. But then you're like, hold on, let me go check this. And you go out. A couple minutes later, you come back in. Like, Rob, this isn't going to work right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we did not re- have released anything last week. So listeners, we apologize for that. But yeah. thank you for, again, your patience with us. Yeah. But we're here. We're here so, this week. So two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we covered chapter chapter two, verse one through eleven of Joel, and we see just this this language in the day of the Lord that there is this army coming. We had this kind of debate about is this um, a literal army or is this like a figurative, like another plague of some sort? Yep. Is this something that's going to ha- happen then, or is this yet to come? And, um, but then, so we talked about this judgment that's coming, this day of the Lord, and how the language of the day of the Lord we see throughout the Old Testament. Yep, and we know that there will be there will be the day of the Lord, right, where Christ comes, and judges the earth. But then we get into verse twelve, and there's, and then Joel just says, "Yet even now, like there's this urgent call to repentance. Yeah. Um, that those would begin to fast and to mourn." And in verse thirteen, and rend your hearts, not your garments, tear. Right. Don't just tear your garments and put ashes on your head and, and act as if you're mournful. But he's calling the people to a genuine um, repentance. Yeah, don't just don't just outwardly repent so right. that people can see this quote-unquote repentance, but repent yeah. in your heart. Right. And then in verse 13, so verse 13, And rend your hearts and your garments, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Mm-hmm. And this is the same language, the same almost word for word. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. This is the same language that we see in Exodus 34 with the golden calf, with Moses crying out to the Lord for the people, and the Lord's declaration. Like even the wicked, I mean, we, we, we read in chapter 1 and 2, first part of chapter 2, about the wickedness of the people and the rebellion. And it says, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, is gracious and merciful. So this idea of like the Lord just isn't calling them to repentance just so that they can be in like right standing again. But he does long to show them repentance or to show them mercy and grace Hmm. and show him his steadfast love. Yeah. So it's not just so that he can say, okay, great. They're they're listening to me. They respect me. Mm -hmm. But it's because oftentimes I'll get frustrated Finley and... I, I genuinely do want what's best for her. And she's three and a half now, so she's an easier example to use than Lennon. But Finley, being three and a half, trying to do things on her own, I want her to listen because I want what's best for her. But oftentimes, I want her to listen because it feels like she's disrespecting me if she doesn't listen. And I yeah. feel frustrated about that. That That's not God's heart here. God, mm-hmm. God, in the most pure way, wants the best for his people. He wants to pour out his grace and his mercy and his love on his people. So primary reason for calling them to repent. It is interesting to note Joel is three chapters mm-hmm. and right here in the middle chapter, chapter two, in the middle of chapter two, 
So the first half, we see this coming day of the Lord, and this, uh, whether it's a, there was a locust, and then whether it's continuing to talk about the locust or an army, we see this judgment coming, and right here in the middle, there's a call to repent. And the message is, is very clear to God's people that only returning to the God of Israel, only returning to Yahweh, will restore them from death to life. We've seen the locusts come through. They've mm-hmm. brought a lot of death. And we see this army coming through, regardless, again, whether it's a locust, another locust army or um, a human army. But the point is, is it's going to bring more death. And right here in the middle, in the middle chapter, in the middle part of the chapter, so at the very middle of this book, we see the main point, turn, repent, call on the name of Yahweh if you want to be brought from death to life. Well, there's just the hope is like he will yet restore and yet bring back, like relent and all these things. And I think so often in our own, I mean, our own patterns of living and or sin, like we just think, well, like I've, I've messed up, like I've, it's done, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying, like, the Lord desires a, a repent, a true repentance, a contrition, us to, to kind of tear our hearts and turn to him. Like he does desire to restore and to provide. It's not um, before we give in to sin. We, the lie of the enemy is always like, "Hey, it's okay." The Lord, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. And after we indulge, it's like this is such a big deal. The Lord will can never like you're done. Yeah, he doesn't want you anymore. Yeah, he can't use you anymore. And the call that Joel is giving, like, re- repent. Like you have committed the sin. Like acknowledge it, repent, and turn. Yeah. And I was doing a little bit of, of reading. I do that from time to time. Um, <laughs> Every other. About the, uh, just in the Hebrew word for like to, repentance is is to turn. Like it is a turning, a turning from. And oftentimes we see people who in our own lives, can, it can be this way where we, we want to be, re, re, we want to be remorseful. We want to repent. We want to be back in kind of right standing, if you will. But we really don't want to turn from our sin. We just kind of want to leave for a little bit. And that's not what he's calling for. We see um, there in verse 15, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Right. So he's calling the people again. I mean, this is the same language that we see in verse 1 of chapter 2. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Verse 15 again. Um, if I can find it, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Hmm. It doesn't just say like gather, like hey, gather some of the leaders or gather those who are off work and you know on a Wednesday night. Yeah, he's like get everybody. Yeah, like you get the elders, get everybody in get, here. Get family get meeting, the kids, get the the infants who are nursing. Yep. Get get the newlyweds who just left the wedding and they're in their their bedroom. Yep, like they're they're in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. Get them all. Oof. Like that's how serious this is. Yeah. And you think about like what are things that just stop us as as a culture, right? Like significant significant things like nine eleven hmm. or you know probably Pearl Harbor things that just like the whole, everything just like stopped. Yeah. You know, like it's such a monumental thing. And so Joel's declaration is nothing else matters in comparison to this. It doesn't matter that, you know, you have to get, go put some livestock out in the field. It doesn't matter that you have to go do this or that you just got married. Like those things, 
this is of supreme importance mm. that your hearts are repentant towards the Lord and that you are um, living in that repentance. Yeah, that's good. And even as he calls everybody to repentance, he even tells them what, like, how that repentance repentance should look and mm. the the nature of that repentance. In verse twelve, he, he says, "Rend your hearts." Yeah. So, like, there's this a a call to complete devotion, like your heart. No, I'm not. I'm not asking you just to rend your behavior. And he says, "Rend your hearts, not your garments." Like, I'm not asking you just to rend your opinion. I'm asking you to rend your heart. Yeah. And that term "rend" is to to rip apart or to tear away. And so you, you're having to take your heart away from the thing that it is inclined to, and realign it or align it maybe for the first time to the Lord God. So there's this yeah. this rending, this tearing away. And so it's not going to be like, oh, okay, let's flip a switch. Yeah. Like it's it's going right. to be a, a painful and difficult process. Repentance is not easy, but it is something that we're called to do. And it's something we're called to do with, with undivided devotion. Um, and then as we continue on, so you just talked about gathering the people, consecrate the congregation, gather the children, nursing infants, bridegroom, bride. And then he talks about, in verse 17, the priests. Mm -hmm. So between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach. So we see even now in the middle of this book, (laughs) we see this call to repentance, and we see the priests who are meant to intercede on behalf of the people, he's telling them, now's the time to intercede. Priests, do your job. You need to ask God to spare your people. And God's plan, we wholeheartedly affirm the sovereignty of God in all things. But we see right here what the way that God in his sovereignty uses prayer. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. are, as a people, are called to intercede on behalf of one another on behalf of the lost, and to ask God to bring salvation. We, as those who are in Christ, are the old phrase is we're part of the, the priesthood of believers. So we no longer need a priest to intercede between us and God, because Christ, our great high priest, is interceding for us, and we, if we are in Christ, have access to him. And so now we have a responsibility, like these priests, to intercede on behalf of those who need to repent. And then in addition to that, this interceding right here that we see in verse 17 is just a small foreshadowing of the interceding that we are going to have with our great high priest, Jesus Christ. So we see that the the people are called to repent. We see that God calls a priest to intercede on his people who are needing to repent. And through the intercession of his priest mm-hmm. on behalf of his people, the Lord can work this repentance. And I, I'm even hesitant to say can, because he can do whatever he wants, but he chooses to yeah. use yeah. the intercession of his people to bring about his plans. Yeah. I admit to that. And thank the Lord for like his sovereignty and his wisdom that he can work both those things in. And so it's not that we're just robots and we just follow him or, or that we don't have anything to do. We just like, Hey, the Lord's going to do his thing. Yeah. Um, or that it's all on us. But we do see in verse um, 17, right? So there's two pleas there. Spare the people and um, kind of res- 
keep back the reproach mm. or restore the heritage of the people. Yep. So that there's not this the, the nation of Israel does not become a byword among the nations. Um, the last kind of line there is why should the, they say among the people where is their God? And this sounds like at first a plea of like kind of like an arrogant child. Like, come on, you're not gonna you're not gonna like disgrace yourself, right? Right. It feels manipulative in a sense. But it's not rather it's like, you know, the people are bringing great or are from a place of great repentance and contrition are crying out to the Lord. So yep. it's not a place of arrogance, like, okay, Lord, you, you gotta come through or else you're gonna look really bad to all these other people, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's not like this manipulative, like, hey, you need to, uh, and people would say that too, even with the, the Genesis 30, or Exodus 34 passage with Moses, like it's not a matter of uh, the people trying to kind of twist God's arm, like, hey, you don't want us to look bad. Like you don't want to look bad among the nations. Like he could care less, right? But But rather like if the people are showing great contrition and repentance, through that the Lord can display his great love and his mercy. In his truth among the nations. Yeah. Um, Psalm 79, why should the nations say, where is their God? See that in verse 10, we see it again. Psalm 115, why should the nations say, where is their God? And that question that enemies of God have brought to God's people, where is your God? Yeah. Look around. Yeah. Look what's going on. Yeah. Where is your God? We still get that question today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, look what's happening. You mentioned 9-11 earlier. Listening yeah. this morning to the briefing, how Mueller's talking about the Boston Marathon bomber, and so we see these horrific things that are taking place, and enemies of God will continue yeah. to say, "Where is your God? Where is He?" Yep. And so, a question that we ha- we have to ask ourselves is: Do we believe that the promises that we see in Scripture of God bringing about salvation? Do we believe that those are true? Because if we do, then then we can we can withstand those questions. Because we know that God is a just God, and He is coming to answer that question of "Where is your God?" He's there's a day where He's coming, he's, where He's going to make it very clear to the entire creation: "Here I am." Like I, I'm going to, I'm going to make this right. Question yeah. for us as we look at this passage is: Are we going to be identified with the the nations, the enemies of mm-hmm. God, or are we going to be identified with His people who have repented and turned yeah. from their sin? That's right. And that's the thing. I mean, we're called to to, uh, to repentance, right? So Acts 3, verse 19, therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out. Not that your repentance or your turning from sin is what saves you or wipes your sin out, but rather it is the indicator that there is a genuine desire for the things of God, a genuine desire uh, for Him. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's why, like, a, a lot of, um, there's a, there's a lot of, emphasis put on repentance even sometimes more than like saving faith it's like is there a a repentance or do they have a repentant heart because if you're if if someone's not repentant over their sin there's not contrition there's not mourning then it's hard to believe that they're genuine about their love for jesus who hated sin so much you had to die for sin right so there's this like if there's not a repentance in them they're not displaying that a genuine repentance then it's hard to believe that there's any kind of saving work in their heart as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We see, and this will be my last comment, and we can, Rick, you can add something at the end if you'd like, but um, in the middle of verse 17, spare your people, 
the Lord. The, the your people right there is an appeal to God's covenantal care for his people. We see that right there in the ESV study Bible. It's their note on it. Your people is an appeal to God's covenantal care for his people. So the fact that the author is saying, this isn't just a people, mm-hmm. but God, this is your people, is the author's confidence in, mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit's inspiration that God does not break any of his promises. If he has said that this is his people and he's going to care for them, he will keep his end of the covenant, even if his yeah. people go astray. And praise God for a God who is patient, who is steadfast, who is gracious, who is merciful, who, although we have gone astray, he has remained faithful. And through him, through his faithfulness, we can be reunited to him. I like it. That's good, Rob. Y'all can come in, come and tune in. Hopefully, Lord willing, next week, and we'll see what God says, how he replies to hit the plea of his people. Ayo. You can also just read this again in the next part of Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, wait, don't read it without <laughs> that's us. That's right. That's right. Great. Well, yeah, guys, if you want to learn more about us, you can head over to simpletheology.org. You can find all of our information regarding social media, regarding how to support. So you can see reviews of the podcast. And if you do want to help us, you really want to support us, it would be great if you left a five star review on whatever podcast app you listen to, um, or a five-star rating, I should say. You can leave a review if you want where you write a little sentence about us. That's great. That'd be awesome. But, I prefer the reviews because it's actually like... Yeah, but I think for algorithms and whatnot, I think the five-star rating algorithm. is going to be better for us. So do whatever you want, guys, but you've heard what's better for us. So um, other than that... Next conspiracy theory. That's the it. The algorithm. The algorithm rules all. Um, yeah. But anyways, guys, if you have any interest in us talking about a certain topic other than yeah. Joel, then feel free to send that in. You can send it to info at simpletheology.org or you can just go to our website that I mentioned earlier, simpletheology.org and there's a spot there where you can contact us. So let us know if you have any um, topics you want us to cover. You can also find us on Instagram where we occasionally look at that. So if you didn't want to go to the website, you didn't want to send an email, but you want to send an Instagram message, you can do that too. We're at simpletheologypod. Sweet. All right, y'all. That's it. Rick, you got anything else? That's it. Be blessed. Enjoy your day, Rob. Hey, you too, man. Peace out.